0: In this chapter, we have a number of parables that Jesus taught. Jesus was, in fact, the master teacher. And uh, he preached and taught with such authority uh, that he captivated his audiences. And here in Matthew chapter 13, he gives us several parables that I want us to consider uh, this morning, uh, just the thought of why we have, by way of introduction, these parables. And then I want us to look at one of the shortest parables uh, in Matthew chapter 13, But Jesus often would speak in parables and teach in parables uh, because it created interest for what he was saying. Uh, Let's take time for a minute and just say, if I think back on my life, I can think back on sermons I heard 20 years ago. And while I can't necessarily always remember the text, Brother Cooper, we were in, I can remember the story that was told and I can remember the truth that was connected to that story. And so these parables that Jesus taught were truth, like windows that we can look into to see the truths of god's word they created interest for what jesus was saying they made it easier for the common people to understand but it also stuck with them it was something that they would remember for a lifetime and i i'll tell you if you ever do a study in matthew 13 on these parables you'll never come through this chapter again looking at these parables the same there's so much deep truth and yet i think i have a simple thought that i want to leave with us this morning We know that Jesus teaches us some of the secrets to the kingdom of heaven. But I would say to you, one of the richest truths that I love about the parables is that they give us insight into how God views us. Now, we're going to look at the parable of the pearl of great price. And I've titled the sermon Priceless this morning. And that's found in verse 45 and verse 46. But let's just consider by way of introduction for just a minute this morning... The parable of the sower, most of us know that. And if you're new to church, by the way, if you're a guest here this morning, come back and hear our pastor preach, will you? And uh, I just am privileged to have this opportunity this morning to preach, but uh, we're so honored to have you here and grateful to have you with us. But uh, as you consider the parable of the sower, we have four kinds of grounds and these four types of grounds Jesus was teaching, he views your heart and mind this morning in one of those four categories. Our hearts are either hardened to the word of God and the gospel message of Jesus Christ, or our hearts are like stony ground, you know, where we take offense easily and when difficult times come, we run from the Christian life. He views our heart potentially like the thorny ground, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. We just don't have time to live for God or be in church and that type of thing. Or he views our heart like the good ground. And the good ground are hearts that are receptive to the word of God. And so I I love good, solid, fiery Bible preaching, but it's our responsibility to have open hearts that are receptive to the Word of God every time we come into the house of God. That is our responsibility to have spirit-filled, to be spirit-filled listeners to hear what the Spirit saith as uh, uh, Revelation tells us to the churches. But this morning I want us to zero in on this, this parable found in verse number Uh, 45 and 46 and i want you to look down with me if you would at these two verses i'll read it and then i might ask you to read it with me the bible says again the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it would you read that those two verses with me beginning of verse 45 ready begin again the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it as i consider this pearl i'm reminded of what is extremely valuable and we see here that jesus is is teaching that if you're a born-again child of God, you are valuable to Him. And ultimately, people who are born-again children of God that have accepted Christ as their Savior, as we assemble together this morning, we are, in fact, the local New Testament church. Called out the church a church is a called-out assembly of believers and so over the years, there are those who've tried to say, well, Jesus is that pearl. But every Bible scholar that I, I'm aware of that's ever studied this passage understands that that pearl is the price that Jesus paid on the cross it is, in fact, a local New Testament church and the church is comprised of the people. You see, Jesus cannot be purchased. So to have a biblical understanding and perspective of this small parable that Jesus taught, there's some deep and rich truths that I believe God wants us to, To have this morning and that is the value of each individual person when I have the privilege to travel with a tour group I always take time to pray for each one of the young people that's with us and I take time to contemplate their families and their homes and how valuable their lives are as I pray for safety as we're on the road and then I try to contemplate how God wants to use their life pastor to inspire other young people to come to Bible College to give their life to serve the Lord and and, and think about uh, the importance of being safe and being uh, careful on the road. I pulled out of here a few years ago with several of the young men that were from our church as we were reopening from COVID. And it was like the mothers were all crying because their boys were leaving home. And the dads were like, yes, the food bill's going to go down, you know, for the summer or whatever. But I always want to take time to consider the value of God's people. I, I think of my children. What a blessing. Remember the first time our, my wife and I have four children But uh, our our oldest son, Josiah, was born over here in Mountain View and and holding him for the very first time. And how there is this new channel of love that God brings into your heart and into your life. And at North Valley Baptist Church, you are, in fact, a pearl. And I thank God for you. The individual members of this church uh, are so special and so wonderful. And I'm so grateful to God uh, for each and every one of your lives. You know, it's an amazing thing sometimes what, what kind of commodity we put value on. Pre-COVID, I would have never dreamed that toilet paper would have gotten to the point where we looked at it and said, "Now that is a valuable commodity." And uh, I remember looking on on the news and and seeing that for the first time and thinking to myself, "What in the world? Where in the world? The world is off its rocker in so many areas, but now we're saying toilet paper is important." And I laughed so hard. And and then I remember checking our stock, and everything was fine. You know, we had a Costco size in the the, uh, garage there. and in the, in the cabinet tree, the pantry there, we had several uh, rolls there, so everything was A-OK. And, and several weeks went by like that. My wife and I had been laughing about it for a while. And then my wife said, honey, I don't think we should be laughing about this anymore. And I said, well, why not? She said, well, I've, you know, the last few times I've been at Costco, I think, well, I'll just pick up an extra a pack. But uh, every time I get back there, it's gone. And this went on week after week after week, and I remember pulling the car into the garage and seeing that stash just get a little smaller and a little (laughs) smaller and a little smaller. And, uh, you know, I thought to myself, maybe I shouldn't have laughed. I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. But it, it got smaller and smaller. My wife and I, from time to time, would take a walk around the neighborhood, you know, in the evening to spend some time together, a little exercise, a fellowship, and sometimes we'd see some of our members. And, Sometimes those members would have their garage doors open and I could see how they were stocking up and I thought to myself How in the world is this taking place? So my wife got to the point where she said honey I'm really concerned about this and I said well, don't worry Thursday We have the day off and we'll get down to Costco early And so we did and we got to Costco and we stood in line forever to get into Costco And then I found out they were letting seniors in early I won't tell you the seniors that were coming out early with stashes of toilet paper and we we didn't have any but week after week went by like that, and the, and the stock got lower and lower. And I remember coming to church, and, we, and, and I thank the Lord for Pastor Monday through Friday. He did such a wonderful job leading us through that time. I learned and gleaned m- m- decades of, of ministry just by watching his leadership through that time. And I've told pastors that, by the way, all across the country, Pastor, and that's the truth. But uh, going through that together with you. But I remember coming through the Golden Grill, and there were all these bags of groceries and 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 there were toilet paper in each stash of these groceries there and pastor says to staff me now we're going to go distribute these to some of the needy families who are losing their jobs and they don't have much food in their pantries and and i thought to myself i wonder if pastor has any idea of our toilet paper need at the house that went through my mind and then my wife my wife comes to to work uh it comes into the office one day and she was walking through i hadn't even told her and she comes sitting down the office she goes honey Did you see the needy baskets? I said, yeah, I did. She goes, do you think pastor has any idea that we're a needy family in the church? (laughs) And don't misunderstand, we had plenty of money for food and groceries. We just couldn't get to the store in time. Week after week, I mean, it actually went through my mind. Now, we never took any of the church's toilet paper, I'll have you know. (laughs) I had to take every break I had to go to split up and have all the kids go to various Walmarts, just buy whatever you can right now to get us through this crisis. But you know the world, the world tries to tell you and I that we're garbage and we're nothing. And when I look at this parable, I I, want to view your life and mine through the lens of the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. And when God looks at your life and he looks at mine, he says, I see something that's extremely valuable. And this morning I want us to look at the Lord Jesus Christ and see him in several settings first of all I see a savior who is seeking verse number 45 the Bible tells us very uh, clearly the kingdom of heaven is like it to a merchant man Jesus being that merchant man there it is seeking goodly pearls we're told that it takes 10,000 oysters to find just one pearl that's a lot of seeking Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Seeking implies leaving one place to go to another. And may we never forget the high price that Jesus paid just to leave the glory and riches and splendor of heaven Amen. to come to this sin-cursed earth to be born in a humble Bethlehem's manger. I'm reminded what Paul told the church in 2 Corinthians 8.9 nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Jesus left it all for you and me. I love that song. He left the splendor of heaven. No, I'm not going to sing it. Brother Martinez, grab a microphone. No, 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 no. He said sing it. Knowing his destiny on that lonely hill of Golgotha, there he laid down his life for, for me. If that isn't love, the ocean is dry. What a great song. I'm grateful. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he left the glory and splendor and honor of heaven to come to this sin-cursed earth. I see a Savior who is seeking, but then, secondly, I see a Savior who is successful. Verse 46 says, who when he found one pearl. You know, I'm so glad that everything that God does is good, and I'm grateful that he never fails. Jesus never fails. Maybe as a child you played hide and seek and you always had that younger sibling who could never find you if you're an older sibling, took advantage of the younger sibling. Well, I'm so grateful that as God left the glory and splendor of heaven, he was successful in finding a a pearl. Jesus never fails. Ecclesiastes 3.14 says, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it, and God doeth it that men should fear before him. Oh, my. I'm so glad that when I couldn't come to where he was, he came to me. The gulf that separated me from Christ, my Lord, was so vast the crossing I could never for, but he picked me up and drew me gently to his side, where today, in his sweet love, I now abide. Aren't you glad that Jesus came to you this morning? The Savior seeking, the Savior who's always successful, he went seeking and he found, and Jesus never fails. You see, in modern language, a multi-billionaire became penniless through this transaction. There can be no way to measure the love that God has for us as he purchased us on Calvary's tree. Philippians 2, 8 and 9, as we consider Jesus the Prince of Heaven, the Bible says, Who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Not only do we see a Savior seeking and a Savior who is successful, but we see a Savior who was willing to sacrifice everything. He was willing to sacrifice everything. He laid aside uh, his deity. He, he laid aside uh, uh, the honor and the glory and the splendor and the riches. He, he laid everything aside. Why would he do this? He did this for you and for me. We see here the value that Jesus has placed on On your life and mine Jesus was seeking goodly pearls plural but the Bible says when he found only one and this shows us the value of one what great love God has for you perhaps you came to church this morning as a guest and you're all alone or maybe there's just a few of you here for the first time in a church of this size I'm here to tell you that God loves and cares for you what love Jesus gave all that he had. He gave his life. Ephesians 5.25 says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for the church. He gave his life for the church. Acts 20.28 tells us that Christ purchased the church with his own blood. He paid the ultimate price. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. If Jesus gave himself this morning for you and me, it's only reasonable that we give ourselves back to him. Amen. And I love what pastor tells the college often. He says, look, you're either going to go out into the ministry and be a pastor and be in the ministry and serve an assistant pastor or, or teach in a Christian school, or you're going to work a job and support a local church that's doing just that and reaching the lost with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Amen. But our lives belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, we are the ones who have been bought with a price. We cannot purchase salvation. We cannot purchase Jesus as the, the book of Acts says, Thy money perish with thee. Listen, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is the one that paid the price for you and I on Calvary's tree. First Corinthians 6:20 says, For we are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. Now, if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you belong to him. He has purchased you on Calvary's tree that he might possess you. And here's my question this morning for the born-again child of God. Is he getting all that he paid for with your life? Because he paid the highest and ultimate price that could ever be paid. A Savior who is seeking, a Savior who is successful always, a savior who is willing to sacrifice everything he sold all just to buy one. But I would leave with you lastly this thought, and this was my main focus a savior who is shaping our lives. And as I consider the way a, a pearl is formed, a pearl is the product of a living organism. A pearl forms inside of an oyster when some type of an irritation. Uh, works its way inside the, the muscle, it irritates it. it. It could be a grain of sand, uh, it could be a piece of dirt, it could be a microscopic parasite, but some type of an irritation works its way inside. And that, that oyster, that clam, will put its most precious substance around that irritation as a defense mechanism, uh, as, a, as a protection agent, and it's called nacre, And it puts this nacre around that that irritation. And layer after layer after layer... of this most precious fluid... is placed around that irritation... to protect the oyster from harm. And as time goes by... and layer after layer after layer... we don't know how many layers... we do know obviously pearls are different sizes... and different colors. There's all kinds of things we can say about that. But on average a very costly pearl takes three to five years. And I'm so grateful that the Bible tells us that God makes all things beautiful in his time. When an oyster secretes that fluid, that coating layers and makes that that mother pearl, if you would, beautiful and lustrous, and so this morning, I would simply say to God's people, when you go through difficult times in life that there are deep hurts and irritations, maybe there's a health setback or a financial reversal, some type of a relationship in your life that's not what you want it to be, a job disappointment or, or, or discouragement, maybe a, a broken promise, a broken trust, the passing of a loved one, and on and on the list could go to my church family this morning. I'm here to tell you that God still loves you and he still cares for you. And God is taking you through a process by which he says, I am forming you into my image. I want you to resemble me. And I want you to be a beautiful pearl that the world can look at. And I'm simply saying of all precious stones, the pearl is the only one that comes from a living organism. And Jesus says, you are that pearl. The church is a living, breathing organism This means that Jesus left the glory and splendor of heaven to seek after you and me. He looked past our dirt. He looked past our filth. He looked past the the, the fact that we were perhaps a, a parasite, and he said, hey, I see something beautiful because I died on the cross to pay that sin debt. And if you this morning are without Jesus Christ, you can come and trust Jesus as your Savior today and be born into the family of God and know that you have an eternal home in heaven. And God says about you this morning, you're a beautiful pearl now that I want to fashion into my image. Because Jesus saw something of great value. He saw something extraordinary and beautiful in you and I. He willingly came in person. Now, I don't know what your irritation is. Maybe it's the person sitting next to you. I'm not sure. But they're priceless. You remember that. Why don't you look at the person next to you and say, you are priceless. Just to encourage them this morning. Yeah, and if you need to tell them, sometimes you irritate me, but you're still priceless. I still love you, right? Romans 8 28 and we know as a born-again child of God we know what the world does not know we know that all things work together for good to them that loved us to them who are called according to his purpose to whom he did foreknow God is all-knowing and he knows who will willingly come and trust him and he says he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his dear son And when the world tries to conform you to their image, it's your job and mine to say, no, thank you. I'd rather have Jesus than anything. I'd like to have you hold your spot here and turn to Psalm 139, if you would. And I wish that God had given me these verses. I've known them for for many, many, many years and decades. Uh, pastor talked about things I do different. I've got one, my wife and I have four children. Our oldest is married and serving now on staff. And uh, they've been married for for over a year now. And I was out traveling and my wife texted me and said, this Sunday is our child's one year anniversary. I thought, wow, that's amazing. And what a blessing. And then two in our home that are adults now and then our youngest is still in high school. uh, 16 just got his driver's permit. So look out. And uh, so pray for us. But but I I really wish that I had had all of my children memorize this psalm. Psalm 139, it's so rich, there's so much to it. And I only take time to begin in verse 13. I hope you'll read it later today if you get a chance. David said, for thou hast possessed my reins; thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's not talking about our sin now or a sin that's so easily beset. It's like the homosexual crowd. Well, this is just who I am. No, 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 no. Male and female created he them and all, there's so, so much nonsense. Our children need to know these verses. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that thy, my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfected. In, my, in thy book all my members were written. Which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How precious are the sum of them. I think today the world struggles with something called acceptance. But I'm so grateful this morning that I have been accepted in the beloved. I'm a part of the family of God and frankly, it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks about you or I. God says, I love you. I care about you. You're valuable. I went to the cross of Calvary. The Bible tells us that God formed us and he knows our very uh, members. He, He fashioned us. He knows the numbers of the hairs of our head. And that's why when somebody criticizes you, you can just be reminded that they're criticizing your maker. I want you to think about that a little bit. When somebody is cynical and critical, just you just remind yourself from time to time, I'll go soul winning with uh, Brother Metacondu, and he and I enjoy uh, sharing the gospel with the lost, and and what a blessing. And from time to time, when someone's rude or unhappy that we're there trying to give them the gospel, we'll walk away from the door. I'll say, hey, Brother Joel, you got some dust on your shoes. Shake that dust off my brother. (laughs) I'm just simply saying that the world wants to tell you God doesn't love you because of the irritation in your life and because of the heartache and the trouble and the trial. And God says, no, no, my child, I'm doing something beautiful and miraculous in your life through that. And you can trust me for what I'm doing. You are beyond priceless to God. You see, man can make their artificial and even cultured pearls, manufacture them, (laughs) And some even look so good it takes an expert to tell the difference, but there's no comparison to the real thing because of the value of the real McCoy. I'm simply saying this morning, the magnificent pearl is the result of a matchless price of the miraculous Prince of Heaven. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Having discovered the costly pearl, this merchant man, the Lord Jesus, had to decide how much this pearl would be worth, and he bought the pearl at the cost of Calvary. And Bible scholars today will say the pearl of great price can only be the church created through the suffering of our Savior on the cross of Calvary. My heart aches for the number of churches this morning across our country that don't have pastors. I know that in the last two weeks we've been contacted, I know pastor, at least a half a dozen times. About two weeks ago, I received a phone call from a godly man that I've known for 25 years. He planted a church 35 years ago. And he's getting to the point now where he called and said, Pastor Everton, I trust you, I trust Pastor Treber, and I'm looking for a student from Golden State Baptist College. I love to see the fruit of the young people that go out and serve the Lord. Those were his words. And, and he said, I want somebody that will hold to the word of God and not compromise and I thought I had the right man, and he's no longer with us. And he said, I don't know what we're going to do. Would you pray with me and, and pray that God would raise somebody up? And I'd love to come interview the students at, at Golden State Baptist College. But he said, sometime next year, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to retire. That's what he told me. And I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't shake that, Pastor, for, for a couple of days. And, and, and I, I, I was praying about this, saying, Lord, you've got to send us more young men and more young ladies to Golden State Baptist College. We've got to train laborers, and as I consider the fact that God's house shall be called a house of prayer, I'm grateful for pastors focus on prayer in this day and hour, but Jesus had one prayer request, and he said, pray ye therefore that the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers into his harvest. My heart broke, as I said, we don't have anybody right now at the moment, but if you'll pray with us, we'll pray that God would do a work and and that, that God would raise up a young person to come and pastor that church, but we've got to get fervent about praying that God would raise up young men and young ladies, or we're not going to see the next generation move into the pastorate like we need to. We're going to lose churches up and down our state, up and down our coast, and across the country if young people don't give their lives to God and serve him in the ministry. I'd like you to see, Pastor, I'd like for you to hold your spot and go to Revelation 5, and I'll close out. I'm not going to be much longer. I'm almost done now. I'm watching the time. I, I consider Pastor talking about the choir singing this morning, and I, and I was thinking, you know, God loves us so much, he gave himself for us. The church is raptured in Revelation chapter 4, the beginning. We come to chapter 5, and I want you to see this. There is a heavenly choir. There is no choir like North Valley Baptist Church. But look at this heavenly choir, and I'll close out. Verse verse 9, Revelation 5. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. Look at this. To God by the blood, out of every kindred and every tongue and people and nation, and had made into us God... Uh, made to our God uh, kings and priests as uh, uh, we shall reign on earth. And I got to thinking about this heavenly angelic choir that's singing to the Lord Jesus. As Pastor mentioned, it must be wonderful to hear you sing. And as God the Father and the Lord Jesus at the right hand of the Father this morning heard the choir sing, it must be a wonderful thing. But let me tell you something, there's coming a heavenly choir someday. And that choir is going to be made up of every kindred and every tongue and every nation. And while I know that the next and the imminent thing to take place is the rapture of the church, Pastor, the Spirit of God ministered to my heart and he said, that can't take place until we reach somebody in every kindred and in every tongue and in every nation. I'm grateful for the fact that we have our live uh, services where people can watch the services online. But I'm grateful for the missionaries spread across the globe and the need that we have to send more missionaries out. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.